modular, solar, battery storage. AI helping with temperature management. Just microgrids overall. So data and AI is another important element right now. Ears open right now and interested to learn more. This episode was recorded at COP28 in Dubai. What does it really look like to build a sustainable future for the global majority? We are on a mission to find out. I'm Marilyn Waite. And I'm Andrew Chang. And this is the Global South Climate Tech Podcast. Where we unearth innovations that are redefining what's possible for an ecologically and socially just economy. For the global majority. Today, we are talking about artificial intelligence, AI, but not the chat GPT kind, the kind that helps us put more clean energy into the world. We are speaking with Constanza Levigan, the CEO and founder of Suncast. I love how Constanza touched upon the importance of artificial intelligence and forecasting in renewable energy in Chile and the wider Latin America. And all of the opportunities that AI provides us in establishing more reliability for renewable energy across the global south, which in many cases is where people need it the most. I'm really impressed with Costanza and her grit and entrepreneur mindset in developing Suncast when five years ago there weren't that many startups doing the work that she's doing now. Totally agree. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. Let's dive in. Welcome, Costanza. We're so excited to have you here on the Global South Climate Tech Podcast. We are thrilled that you made it out here to the studio at COP28. So tell us, how has your experience been at COP and what are you looking to achieve? Thank you so much for the invitation. This is my third time at COP. I was participating in COP26 in Glasgow, the next in Egypt, and now we are in, in Dubai. But also it's my second time in Dubai because I was participating in Expo Dubai. It was in the same infrastructure here, this amazing city created for this kind of expo. So today I'm here in COP28 because I want to look for partners to go abroad with my company. We are providing our service in Chile, but we are looking for what other regions we can support with our solution. And tell us more about your company. Sankas is a startup that provides solutions based on artificial intelligence for renewable energies. So we have three services, solar energy forecasting, wind energy forecasting, and photovoltaic soiling forecasting. The soiling is the dust over the PV panels. So this is a challenge also for the operation of the power plants. We have been in operation for five years, which is great. Our customers are energy companies that generate electricity and sell this electricity to the market. So our customers are very big companies that have power plants around the world. The desert in Chile have a huge potential of solar energy and also we have potential for wind energy. So for this reason, some of them have power plants in Chile. 
So our principal customers are big energy companies as NG and EDF Renewables and others. So you talked about artificial intelligence, and artificial intelligence has been a major theme at this year's COP, especially the intersection of AI and climate. Perhaps many of us just know AI through ChatGPT and working on essays and helping us with our research. What does AI mean in the case for Suncast? What it means is that we train our models with all the data that we can uh, have because of a database. And we use two types of data. The first is satellite images, where we have the weather forecasting. And the second is the real output of the power plant. So we combine the both type of data to train the models. Then we have one model per power plant, and with that we have high accuracy. Are there other useful AI applications for solar and wind energy that you've come across or that may be in the future? Okay, so there are many opportunities for AI in energy field. We have into the energy, the generation, transmission, and distribution of the energy or the electricity. In terms of generation, we need to do the forecast of renewable energy because they depend on weather conditions. So they depend and they are variable. And because of that, they should send the forecast to the system operator, the national system operator, every hour. So this is the first in generation field. If we want to have more renewable energy, we need to have these artificial intelligence tools to predict. And the second is the transmission. When you arrive the energy from the generation to the distribution and to the houses. In terms of transmission, you need to know how much energy you are going to generate in all the power plants. Because you have just one line and you have an amount of energy that you can transport. Some of the things that are happening in market with high amount of renewable energy is in a sunny day at the top of the sun, all the solar power plants are producing the maximum point. So you cannot transport all this energy and you need to cap the energy of the power plants or you have problems to the system stability. Right. So you need to use AI tools to prevent these issues also, to balance the generation and the consumption of the electricity. And then in the distribution field, you need to understand more about the demand of the electricity. Because at the houses, the industries, all they have a profile of demand of the electricity, a profile of how they use the electricity. So you need to forecast the demand, you need to forecast the generation, and with that balance every hour in the system. Got it. Okay. So there are ways of using AI to help predict what's going to happen, and therefore we can better respond to that so that we have energy efficiency and we can use the solar energy more optimally. Mm -hmm. So among this landscape of AI tools for clean energy, which part of the equation does Suncast focus on? Suncast is focused on the renewable energy forecasting. So nowadays we are providing this service 
to the solar and wind power plant in Chile to know one day in advance how much energy they are going to generate only. And with that, they can predict or they can plan all the schedule for the next day in the Chilean electrical market. So if I'm not mistaken, roughly 30% of the electricity consumed in Chile comes from renewable resources. That seems low for a place of abundant natural resources, especially the sun, heat from the ground, etc. The country does have, however, a goal of becoming carbon neutral by 2050. What do you think is keeping Chile from reaching this 100% renewable energy goal? And importantly, reaching it in the next few years, as opposed to, you know, 2050, which is, you might as well say never, like, okay. <laughs> will we get there if we don't accelerate? I don't think so. So what's your take on this? What will it take? Well, Latin American countries have 60% of renewable energies because they use a lot of hydroelectrical power because they have huge uh, rivers and waterfalls. So for this reason... We have so much power because of the water. In Chile, we have the potential of solar energy in the north of the country, at the desert. We have the potential of wind energy at the south, but most of the population are in the center. So we have an issue of transport energy, or we can develop the storage of the energy. So we need to increase the transmission of the electrical energy. We need to increase the use of storage. And also we need to increase the flexibility of the system. This is where you can use the artificial intelligence. So I'd love to learn more about your entrepreneur journey. Tell me a little bit more about how you grew up. What was your inspiration in starting this company? And you know how big is your company now? I started Sankas while I was studying electrical engineer at university. The first thing that I did with a group of classmates, it was a system to early alert for rainforest fires. So it was a system that looked at satellite images and identified point of high temperature and we sent alerts to a system. And we present this solution on an event of innovation. We won the first place. But then when we tried to go with the solution to the market, we failed. So this was the first experience of my entrepreneurial journey. Then I want to develop technology with an impact. So I found Sankas in parallel of the university. Now my team is about five people. So it's a small company in terms of number, but we have a validate business model and we have the potentials to go abroad. And you've integrated your technology across 1.3 gigawatts of solar and wind, right? Yes. Yes, we have been providing our services to more than 1.3 gigawatts in Chile. So we are running very fast. For context, that can power around 1 million homes. That's really impressive. What's your biggest challenge right now as a company? The biggest challenge is to grow inside Chile because we still have the opportunity to grow more because the market is growing, but also to select the next region or the next country or the right partner 
to grow in a global scale. So we have been talking with another companies that develop hardware for solar power plants, for example, and they want to complement their solution with a software to travel with the customer because you install one equipment in the solar power plant once, but then the operator should use this equipment during 20 years. So now the companies of this kind of hardware are creating software solutions to be with the customer during the operation. This is the kind of companies that we are talking to in terms of we could do a software integration and then we could expand our solution through tech partners. Got it. Has an investment been an obstacle for you? How have you been able to raise capital? Latin America is been growing in venture capital, but it's not as far along as other markets. We have less capital and also the investors are more traditional and they are looking for more traditional business models. It has been difficult for us and it has been difficult for the other startups in Chile. So for our listeners, CELAC, C-E-L-A-C, it's the Latin American and Caribbean collection of countries, um, similar to ASEAN for Southeast Asia. That economic zone has $7 trillion U.S. dollars of GDP annually. So it's major economic region. And to Constanza's point, there is a dearth of venture capital risk-taking investors. There's a lot of banking, lending, listed equity, you know, capital markets activity. However, when it comes to taking that risk and having a sufficient venture capital seam, there needs to be improvement in the region in terms of having more venture capital and other non-venture capital forms of taking risk. So I'd like to zoom out a bit. Here on the Global South Climate Tech Podcast, we like to highlight the Global South that is in the Global North. And Chile is an, an interesting case because it is very much geographically in the Global South, <laughs> below that equator, right? But Chile joined the Old Boys Club of the OECD back in 2010. It's a high-income economy. It would be considered economically in the Global North. So like many high-income countries, there are populations that lack access to wealth and a clean environment in Chile. So my question is, does clean energy have anything to offer to help reduce those disparities? What are the benefits to the people, especially those that lack that access to wealth, including climate-friendly wealth in Chile? The energy transition has several points, and one of these is democratization. The democratization means that everyone should have access to electricity. In this term, we have people that don't have access to electricity and people that are already connected to the grid. So you can develop off-grid solutions for rural place or rural community that they still don't have access. And in that, solar energy, storage, and microgrids, software solution is going to be very important because you can still wait to connect this isolated communities with the very big transmission lines or you can put it a specific microgrid and connect this community between them. 
So this is a very fast solution that we can develop in terms of energy transition for these kind of communities. And with electricity, you have access then to study, you can access to e-learning, you can have access to washing machine, you can access to a microwave. So it's incredible the amount of benefit that you are going to access if you have access to electricity. This is the first thing. Then, in terms of on-grid solutions, you can empower final users with energy transitions. There are some countries that are developing new business models where the people can arrange some models and participate of the electrical market and with that have more economical benefit or even more have more benefits in terms of resilience of the electricity. For example, in Puerto Rico, they have developed a legal framework or regulations to do these microgrids because of they have so many hurricanes. So with the hurricanes, the electrical system turn off and they don't have electricity for the houses, but neither for the hospitals or any other essential services. But they have been developed this framework to create these microgrids, on-grid microgrids, because they are inside the system. But then if a new hurricane happens, they are going to have access to electricity for sometimes more, so they feel more safe because they have resilience and also they have more economical benefits of the electrical market. Puerto Rico is a great example of the global south and the global north being the United States. Does Chile have a significant population without access to electricity? Can you tell us about this aspect? It's between 2 or 4% of population that doesn't have access to electricity. So do you think the bigger problem is access to clean electricity or the pricing in terms of the coverage in the country? Well, I think the main issue in Chile is reliability because we have a very long country. So the transmission lines, sometimes they have problems. We have many rainy days and wind, and with that, some of the transmission lines are cut. So sometimes, even if a community have access to electricity, if they have a rainy day, they are not going to have access to electricity during this day. So, for example, one of our software developers lives in the south of Chile, and he, every month, has at least one day without electricity. How you can be a software developer if you have one day or even three days per month without electricity? So that's access, but not full access. Right. It doesn't allow the productivity that you should have in order to live and thrive. There's a lot of artificial intelligence these days and climate and forecasting is very popular among the renewable energy industry. I'd love to hear what makes you guys unique. Well, first, our artificial intelligence models have been working very well with the power plants because we have a very deep pre-processing of the data in terms of that the electrical market in Chile has some issues that I told you that sometimes all the power plants are generating at the same point with 
the output of the maximum of the power, so the market cut the energy that they can produce. So we have artificial lower output in some days because of failures, because of limitation of the system. And we need to separate this data to clean the data and then to train the model with clean data. And to do that, you need to understand the market and how the data works in this market or with these issues. Because of that, we have achieved very good results in Chile. And so this is one of the points of the artificial intelligence, but create a business. It's not just about the technology. So the other points of the business, we have been very strong in the relationship with the customers in terms of the pre-sales, but also the post-sales process. We answer all the questions of the customers. We explain them how to use the software. If they need some specific development on the web platform, we schedule interview with all the customers and understand what is the new tool that we need to develop to all of them, and then we develop. So it's more just about how the AI model works. It's about the business in the whole point. It's how we understand the electrical market. It's how we have been approaching the customer and create these long-term relationships. Good business is all about good relationships. How did you land on this particular business opportunity? Before Sankas, I tried some things, but I was trying to identify one real business opportunity. In terms of real business opportunity is that somebody needs and somebody is going to pay because of this need. So first, because I'm an electrical engineer, in many times engineers, we say, okay, we love AI, we love blockchain, we love software development or this new technology. So we're looking for the technology, but we are not looking for the business. In my case, I understand that we need to find the business. I identified this real business case because it's a service that the power plant already needs to have. So they were using another company that brings this technology from Europe. So I say, okay, this is real because they are paying for the service for another company. So this was the mindset for me during the discovery of the opportunity. Five years ago, were there a lot of people in this space? How has that changed? Five years ago, we didn't see another startup involved in this field. Still, nowadays, we are a few startups in this field. So it's a very, very specific topic. So you can find business opportunities, but for specific fields, we still have more spaces for new innovators. I think this is absolutely phenomenal that you've been persistent in driving this new solution and supporting solar and wind in Chile and your next markets. I'm excited to see what you do next in terms of which market you choose within the (laughs) Americas. Thank you so much, Costanza. I I love learning about your technology, your product, and its application. I think AI and climate is an exciting space and it's coming faster than we think. And if there are ways to expedite our technologies to address the clean energy transition and address climate change, uh, more the merrier and the faster the better. 
So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. So where can we find you? You can find Sancast at sancast.cl on LinkedIn or Instagram, Sancast Chile. And also you can find me as Constanza Levican in different social media. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. For those interested in learning more about the Global South Climate Tech Podcast and the organizations behind it, please check out www.gsclimatetech.com. The Global South Climate Tech Podcast is produced by Frequency Media. This episode was recorded on-site at COP28 in Dubai. Our executive producer is Michelle Corey. Our sound designer, field engineer, and editor is Claire Bidigari-Curtis. Our producer is Lizzie Stewart, and our associate producer is Sara Naz Jad Babayi. And we're your co-hosts, Marilyn Waite and Andrew Chang. <laughs>